Hello and welcome to Oh Mother Where Art Thou, the Barcelona-based podcast about life as a parent, what we do for fun and where to go for help. I'm Lucy, I'm your host and you're listening to episode 7. Coming up is Lucy Hackney, an English mum with two kids. Lucy is a physiotherapist who specialises in treating women during pregnancy and postpartum. Lucy tells us some really important tips to help us look after ourselves. And we do some awesome stretches that help with the classic aches and pains of motherhood. Lucy also tells us about her births and answers some of your real questions. For more information or to contact me, go straight to omotherbarcelona.com. So here's the interview. Welcome to Oh Mother, Where Art Thou? Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. I invited you on the podcast because you have a fantastic ability to help women after and during pregnancy and how women don't look after themselves. And one of the things that is happening to me is I have all these aches and pains that I don't seem to ever look after. And I never go to the doctor. I'm just basically not looking after myself. So I thought it'd be really good to talk to someone who might help me prevent further pain and also maybe work on what I've got. So the first thing you need to do is is put yourself first and actually not just accept the pain. You may not have time to deal with everything at, at the same time, but having pain isn't completely normal. It's common. It's very Something is very common, but you shouldn't be in pain all the time so therefore you need to do something about it so you need to look after yourself that's yeah it. well that's kind of why you're, I've invited you here yeah. because I kind of know that yeah it's just one of those things that when you're a mum you yeah. just don't you just don't put yourself first no. you've got all your kids and then yeah. you've got your partner and then you've got your house and then you've got the schools and then it's just like a million things on yeah. top of your sore hip <laughs> yeah and it is it's very difficult because it might because the post-pregnancy stuff unless it's something major tends to be small niggles and mm. so it's not doesn't feel important yeah. But then you have it every day, and so it does have an impact on your life because everything's uncomfortable, and you ache a bit more, and you're not the person that you were, and your body is changed, and you're rushing around. If you can make small changes into your lifestyle, fit in your lifestyle, you can actually make big differences. Okay, brilliant. This is exactly what I need to do. What are you? I'm a physiotherapist. There's different types of physio. There, I'm a neuromusculoskeletal physiotherapist. Whoa. So it <laughs> means if there's something, if you have pain, isn't what most people think of as physio so if you have pain and it's coming from your muscles or your nerves then I can help okay cool okay and so what sort of people do you see so I see anyone from the age of about the youngest person I've seen is probably about an eight-year-old up to a hundred-year-old really so any anyone of any age if they have a problem that is causing them pain and is impacting on their life then I can assess them and see if I can help when and why did you become a physio so I did when I was 15 I did work experience at school um, as a physio and so there was this this one physio he was young and he was lovely and everybody all the patients adored him yeah and I adored him everybody how old adored were you him. again 15 I was 15 oh I see and a he crush. was probably like 25 I don't know so hang on a minute your whole career is based around your 15 year old crush yes <laughs> But, I only but obviously you loved it as well. Because he, the patients loved him. And I I loved him because they loved him more than anything else. I wanted to be that person who was able to help people and go on to a ward and help everybody. And, yeah, yeah. And do that. And it was and such does it a, feel like that? Yeah, you do get the... Because you build this trust with people, you get very close to people quite quickly in a, in a very specific way. It's obviously professional. And it's physical. It's yeah, like it's, it's physical. physical. You have to touch closeness. people, which yeah. is a very good thing. Touch is massively powerful. Yeah. And 
And so I feel like it's a real privilege. I love my job. It's a massive privilege. What qualifications do you need to be as a physio? So you have to do a degree in physio. There's a degree here, an international degree in physio in, in Barcelona that I teach on. And it's a European recognised degree. It's a pr- protected title. Like architecture, it's a physio. You can't you can't call yourself a physio. Um, you have to have, you have, the, to have degree the degree to, yeah. be, to call yourself a physio. Right, so, okay. And then you have to maintain your lifelong learning, continual professional development to, to, oh, right. Is like to a... stay registered. So where do you work? So I work at the World Women's Centre and we have lots of different therapists there. So there's, it's run by Ubi Munoz, the acupuncturist who specialises right. in fertility. And then there's a naturopath there. There's another physio, Zoe, life coaches, nutritionist. There's an osteopath who does craniosacral with children as well. There is yoga classes in different languages, in French, English and Spanish and Pilates. So there's quite a lot of different things. Kind of like co-working. Yeah, it's a co-working space for health. Yeah, yeah brilliant. It's just a health nice, hub space. Yeah. Can you tell me about your family? My family, I have two children, an eight-year-old girl called Merin and a 12-year-old boy called Dylan, who just started at ESSO. Yeah, quite scary. And my boyfriend, and we moved here six years ago. So where do you live? So I live in Poblano. And yeah. where are you from? And I'm from Sussex in England, but we were in we were in London. So most of my all my work was in London on my physio. So and is your partner from the He's UK as well? From Wales. So why did you move here? Today? He wanted to live abroad, and then Barcelona came up, and we'd come to Barcelona together. I was always learning Spanish, and I wanted to improve on that. So I was like, okay, we'll go to Spain. It's fine. Yeah. But then I didn't realize it's a big step to do with you with kids. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was very emotional, and I'm not. What one. does he do? He's a programmer. So okay. he works at King now. All right. Yeah, it was a really big deal, and I'm not a big person for change. I think. Um, I think the first year I was very lost when I when I wasn't a physio and I was a stay-at-home mum. I found that quite difficult. I think I sort yeah, of lost you myself. Need to find your place. Yeah, find my place. And I'm going to Spanish classes and people saying, "What do you do?" And then me saying, "I'm a mum." I found really hard. I didn't realise how much the physio gave me an identity, mm. and it was massive. And then when that when I sort of lost that, it, yeah, I lost myself. And I, I think you do anyway. I think you lose yeah, yourself. Yeah. I think. So you gave birth in the UK. Yep. And were they good experiences? Um, yes and no. They weren't bad. I didn't have long, long labours. It was fine. The, with my son, I was on stirrups because they said I had an infection somewhere and they monitored my birth and it, and I was on stirrups and I found that very difficult because I didn't, I couldn't push. I didn't know how to push. I think I just clenched. Oh, I didn't really push with the direction. First, yeah. With the first. And I was quite silent and I didn't feel in control. I felt quite overwhelmed by the whole thing and like I wasn't in charge. Whereas with my daughter, I was, because I was more confident because I'd had a child already, I was much more forceful. I was quite feral. Forceful? You mean like with well, the doctor? with myself yeah. and with them and I spoke up for myself completely and I was quite aggressive and shouting ah right I see the wild. first time you felt first like time you I did just barely, let them barely do it spoke I did as I was told and the second right. time I was like actually I know what's right for me now I could feel it I was much more intuitive yeah. first time I was there was no intuition I just did what I was told second time I was upright till the very end I was like crouching squatting as I gave nice, birth and nice. shouting at the midwife and it was much more aggressive but quicker and better and so um, did you have any pain relief so I used a tens machine which I found really really helpful and it was just with a button where you every time you have a contraction you press a little pen and it changes the zinging tens machine is electric electrical um, stimulation that so goes into your back no well, you can put it 
depends if some people labor in their back and some people labor in their tummy so it depends where you where you feel your contraction so you can put it on your tummy or on your back and it's just electrodes four electrodes and I mine were all in my back so I put and you them on had your a back button. and you get a tingling anyway a permanent tingling and then every time you have a contraction there's like a little pen fob that you press you hold it down and it changes the contraction changes the tingle during Makes the it stronger now during the contraction it just gives you something to do I don't know whether it has any actual pain relieving benefit of any sort but it gives you something <laughs> it must to do. do something to the nerves no it changes well yeah from a um a nerve point of view it's changing the stimulus to your brain so it's yeah, making yeah. your brain react but you're in pain as well i feel like it's more that it gives you something to do but it, it was fine it gave you something to do and i used entinox which was fab the laughing gas oh yeah yeah so, and again and that was via a mouthpiece gas and so and you can air, bite yeah. on the bite down on the chin entinox 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 is the drug but it's gas and air did you have any physical issues after your birth um my stomach is most definitely softer than it ever was um <laughs> for sure physically like after once i recovered from the actual birth i was all right but i got headaches when i was breastfeeding and then the general aches and pains that all mothers get but i knew because i was a physio already i knew yeah. how to move but actually after my son a year later i got costochondritis which is like chest rib pain hmm. pain in my ribs and i know that that was from having a weak core and then going back to work and using my arm when i work i use my arms all the time and put pressure through my arms and carrying him would trigger that off and that lasted on and off you'd flare up for about five and six how years. does that how does that feel for me it was sharp pain in my sternum in the chest bone yeah and so if i was pushing the buggy that would flare it up or i was carrying one of my kids and that, that would flare from up. what from having a weak core well i think birth, it was because like my birth. core was weak <laughs> and then i was using my arms a lot so overusing my arms but on top of nothing all oh, right so does that strength, make sense you know so it's like strength. lacking strength lower and then overusing the top bit mm. and using my pecs and pulling on tugging on those things and it would flare up and once it flared up it would flare up for four weeks or something and then the only way I could get it to calm down was to put a cold can of beer down my bra <laughs> and ice myself <laughs> like medicine didn't really make any difference so. but now getting a stronger core has helped that this has gone right. away now so and how did you do that um through breathing properly learning to breathe through my diaphragm is a big part because the diaphragm is breathe in right now So all take a deep breath because women breathe through their apices the top of their lungs we're yeah. very apical breathers so we breathe and we use our neck muscles to breathe rather than our diaphragm we don't like sticking our tummy out so we don't we tuck our stomachs in and we don't breathe with our diaphragm so learning to breathe with my diaphragm more has been a big help of engaging the core right okay the diaphragm is like the top of your core mm-hmm. and the pelvic floor is the bottom of the core okay. if you think of it as two domes a top dome and a bottom dome or two hammocks an inverted hammock and another hammock mm. and they give you your core and everything either works up or down from them or in the middle in the yeah, squashy middle bit yeah in the soft <laughs> middle bit and the fr- that's the thing the front of your core yeah. your abdominal part has gone has been affected yeah, yeah. by having Mine a baby definitely well for has. everybody you can't there's no escape from pregnancy yeah, yeah. really <laughs> yeah. and often people who are super fit beforehand have the problems with the diastasis rectus and things because their abs are so tight that they don't give they don't they don't stretch very well because they're so tight pre-pregnancy that okay. when they're pregnant and they get this separation we'll definitely talk to talk yeah. about that in a second so what i would like to do is to go through each 
stage and see what issues you see come up and what you can do to help that at home just normal things that, that people can do without having to see a physio yeah yeah okay. yeah can we start with if you want to have kids yeah. what you can do to help going through pregnancy healthily pregnancy. yeah yeah so if you have issues if you have any long-standing pain or any chronic pain or low back pain or any or thoracic pain or any issues before you get pregnant and you know you want to get pregnant I would advise you to get that sorted before if you can because you want to be in as good a physical state when you get pregnant as possible Mm -hmm. because some things will get worse when you're pregnant some things some pains that you might have originally will get better but you can't take painkillers properly you can't there's many medicines you can't take when you're pregnant so you need to be as fit as possible beforehand right so so if you have any issues any long-standing health issues see a physio see a physio or a doctor or whoever or start exercising or whatever get some sort of routine of Mm. exercise before you get pregnant I know I definitely did that with Sam because I'd had such a terrible pregnancy and my body really didn't function very well with Oscar and I ended up on bed rest and like I really felt like I'd gone into that yeah thin for my wedding but not fit yeah yeah so I lost all my strength and then I went into pregnancy like that and so with Sam I decided that I was going to like go to the gym every day after dropping Oscar off at school I went to the gym I got really fit and I entered into the pregnancy in a completely different way and it was such a a better pregnancy like physically I felt like I could handle the weight I felt like I was strong enough to climb upstairs even when with Oscar I really couldn't handle steps and so you want to be as in life in general and this is just for life you want to be doing regular exercise you want to be walking regularly you want to be getting your heart rate up I know the the guidelines is um 30 minutes of exercise of cardio exercise five days a week there's lots more research now coming out about weightlifting and weight body weight exercises and being what, stronger that good. yeah that it's good for you and it helps everything and it helps your bones and it helps your muscle tone which is really important for women when but we if you do menopause. 30 minutes of cardio yeah. to add some weights onto the end of that is not a big deal and that's when they're the best isn't it when yeah. your heart rate's going really yeah, fast exactly. and, and you just need to but you just need to do it and the, the 30 minutes they say you can spread out through the day so it doesn't have to be something particular I swam through my first pregnancy I swam swam the day before he was born so I was still swimming the whole way through with my daughter it was much harder because I had a kid already so I was exercising way less mm. already by then so first pregnancy it's much easier to look after yourself because you've only got yourself to look after yeah um, second time around third time fourth time fifth time whatever it all goes out the window <laughs> um, but the thing is one point I want to stress is that you can be in the best shape ever and you can still have a terrible pregnancy and I think there's a massive luck component or it can be difficult after birth yeah exactly yeah so you could do all the right things and still have a dreadful time yeah and it, and it could go perfectly well for your first child and yeah. not perfectly well for yeah your exactly second. So, so don't beat yourself up if you've had a bad time it's not all your fault and it won't necessarily be the same next time no exactly it could be completely different yeah so let's talk about pregnancy now the first 12 weeks of pregnancy you get this relaxing hormone released into your mm-hmm. bloodstream and it comes gradually but in little surge like throughout the pregnancy you get little surges of it and you get the first one at about six weeks and so your ligaments and muscles all the collagen in your body gets um slightly relaxed and so if you have any instability in your body that might become highlighted so people can get quite a lot of pain at the very beginning of pregnancy okay Mm -hmm. so that's quite a big thing though i remember feeling i got what's that pain in your back where you get sciatic 
Sciatic is when it goes down your leg. So it's coming from yeah, the nerve. Yeah, yeah, from the bottom of your back. Yeah, from your lumbar spine down, down your down leg. Your and I could hardly walk on one yeah. leg, right? Yeah. And I remember that, and that was about, I don't know, early. Yeah, And I exactly. thought, oh my God, I'm going to have this the yeah, whole way it's, through. So it's nothing to do with the weight. It's not to do with the weight that you've gained. It's to do with the hormones changing. And so all your ligaments are slightly looser, and so all your joints shift slightly. Yeah. And very minuscule level, but it only takes a My hips level. have not shifted slightly. Okay. <laughs> they are enormous <laughs> but yeah definitely I mean you can yeah. feel it you can feel you feel like yeah. wobbly even yeah you know? so your you pelvis like can the pelvis completely that can get quite unstable especially if there's any predisposition to mobility so some people are very stiff naturally some people are very mobile naturally if you're very mobile there's more chance of you getting hyper mobile like over mobile some things could happen when you're pregnant it depends we all mobile in my, different places my knee used to pop out Okay, so yes. Is it my knee or my kneecap? It's your kneecap dislocates, yeah. pops yeah, to yeah. the side. It's, yeah, it does that a lot. Yeah. It still does, actually. Uh, well, yeah. But it did it when I was pregnant, and it's very scary. Yeah, it is. And it's you need to make... So for you, strengthening is actually more important than cardio. Yeah, I used, to, I used to feel much better after a yeah. session. I do some cardio, but then I do... I, I'm talking like I do this now, but I do not. <laughs> I need to get back on this. Yeah. But when I was preparing for Sam, I was really, really good. You know, I'd do yeah. 30 minutes, then 10 10 minute um, waits, uh, yeah. and then I go back and do 30 minutes and then another 10 minute waits. And oh, then I was brilliant. just like hardcore gymming. Yeah. And then I got pregnant and I was like, right, I just stop doing everything. <laughs> but you can still exercise when you're pregnant. I know, I know. Uh, for running, I would say when you're pregnant, um, you I just didn't want to risk anything after a difficult time the first yeah, no, time. Exactly. I was just no, 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 exactly. Really and if you've had any risks, it's totally, you need to follow the guidance of yeah. whoever's guiding you. But you, for running, I would say be careful anyway. If you're a, um, if you're a permanent runner, you can still run when you're pregnant. Yeah. I didn't. Meant to stick and to I, what you're used yeah, to. Yeah, you stick you? to what you, you don't start anything new in the first three months mm. because the risk of miscarriage is massively high. You, know, you just don't know how your body's going to react because yeah. we have lots of physiological changes when we're pregnant. Our blood volume increases from something like five liters to eight liters. There's yeah, a lot it's crazy, of changes. Isn't it? Yeah, how much more blood you yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Running, I would be careful with out of everything. Because, Things with lots of impact. No? Yeah, because you. So we when we think about pelvic floor our core if you think of our core as in your abdomen okay your trunk the bottom part is a sling or a hammock okay Mm -hmm. and that's the pelvic floor right and then the top part of the core is an is an inverted hammock or a sling and it's the diaphragm or and inside of that is all your organs no all your your organs yeah all your intestines and your ovaries and your womb and your baby and your bladder and your uterus yeah exactly everything is within that your stomach is within it as well but then your heart is above it yes yeah Right. And your lungs are above that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we use that as a brace from which to move our arms or our legs or our head. Yeah. To move right. our body. Okay. So okay. To, to function well, we need a strong core. Yes. Because right. otherwise, if you haven't got a strong core, then you will overuse your arms if you're doing an arm thing or overuse your legs if you're doing a leg thing. And then you can get injuries in those areas because they're working. They're trying to become a core. If you haven't got a core, your body will find a core. And so it just goes out. The problems come out. Oh, right. So if okay. you have two, if you have bi- bilateral wrist pain Mm. chances are something's going wrong with your core and you are what do you mean by bilateral, bilateral sorry it's both sided right like so if you have a problem on both sides mm-hmm. 
of your body, whether it's both knees, both ankles, both wrists, is a core problem normally. So get to yoga. Get to yoga or Pilates. <laughs> yeah, Pilates. okay. For strength. To get strength and get your core working and learn about breathing. Yeah, learn yeah, about okay. the breathing and learn different ways of moving. During the pregnancy, you've still got all this blood volume and you've got all this pressure and you're carrying a baby and your pelvis is less stable than it normally is mm-hmm. because of the relaxing. And so you, you're carrying a baby and it depends when the baby's head engages as well. So for me, my son's head engaged like a day before I gave birth and I remember being really uncomfortable that day but my daughter's head engaged at 32 weeks and I was in loads of discomfort for eight weeks um and so they're not in a bubble bouncing around in your belly anymore they're like well, she's sat in my pelvis yeah <laughs> just sat there. so so that can really affect how you're pregnant how painful yeah, yeah. And, and how exactly. uncomfortable you are yeah and then the pressure on the pelvic floor and things so you're still maintaining the weight and your pelvic floor is nothing to do with um the strength of your body is it it's you have to you have to exercise your pelvic floor specifically you have to exercise it specifically but you can access it through breathing as well don't obsess about doing kegels all the time it's good to I'm do i'm literally sitting here doing okay. i can't literally i can't, can't talk relax. about this without doing i'm just like okay. sitting here clenching but <laughs> if, you think, if you think that when you before you had a child and you ever thought about pelvic floor you never did them yeah? no i would never I no would, and I so therefore we can about them, use really. our core it does work without you actively doing it it's supposed to work your core is supposed to work it's a stamina muscle a stability muscle not a hardcore um power muscle it's right. a stability it's supposed to work 24 hours a day right. so it was working every time you stand on one leg like as in walking you are engaging your core right okay um but when it's become a bit dysfunctional as it does with pregnancy or well, it's not dysfunctional See, i had no idea that when people talk about core it's also part of your, your pelvic, pelvic floor. floor is part of that yeah. no idea yeah until just now yeah completely <laughs> it's all part of the same thing and that's the whole trouble that when you're pregnant it gets disrupted afterwards you don't have time to do it or you don't realize how much you're supposed to do it, and we just don't do it so you recommend to people who are pregnant or thinking about being pregnant yep to what to do it. so <clears> what <throat> i would say because obviously you don't want to be doing a load of exercises that are boring okay right so i would say every time you are waiting at traffic lights or you wait in a lift or find something that you do every day where you're just sort of standing still okay right. whether it's waiting for the kettle to boil waiting for the lift waiting at traffic lights something functional that you always do mm-hmm. when you do that just do some pelvic floor okay and when and when you say do some pelvic so floor so when I say do some pelvic floor is imagine that you were sitting on the toilet doing a wee and someone knocked on the door and you sort of leapt it up stopped weeing okay yeah. you stopped the water flowing that feeling so it's like a little lift up I'm totally just seeing it okay <laughs> so it's like a, but it's not with a breath hold. No, it's not a. See, it's no. not a suck up of everything. Your belly actually shouldn't particularly move when you do that. Okay, so it's not a suck in of your stomach. It's a lift up from underneath. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you think of your pelvic floor as being an elevator, you're just going up the next floor. Yeah. So okay. it's just a lift up, gotcha. a small lift up, and it's about breathing whilst doing exercises rather than holding your breath to do them. With us. Where I said about sitting on the toilet and imagining you're stopping wee. Mm. Okay, you shouldn't actually do that because you get a kidney infection if you don't let the urine out you get a kidney infection and it's really dangerous when you're pregnant yeah exactly you need to because you can't you don't actually feel pain when you've got a bladder infection or something yeah exactly. so it's really dangerous when you're pregnant so So don't the idea it's just a concept it's not an actual practicing while you're on the toilet you need to empty your bladder because yeah yeah, kidney uh, kidney infection or urine infections are very dangerous okay brilliant so 
pregnancy, look after your core. Look after your core. And pre-pregnancy. And pre-pregnancy. Look after your core because they are going to see you through. Okay, let's move on to postpartum. And so after you've had your baby, nice amount of time after your baby. Or or you tell me. Okay, so you can, if you've had a C-section, you shouldn't exercise. The guidelines are you shouldn't exercise or lift anything heavier than your baby for, for 12 weeks because there's a risk to the scar, to the incision. Otherwise, it would be six weeks. I would say you can do pelvic floor before that, so long as you do it properly and gently and it's not a hardcore... If there's any groaning happening, then you're not doing pelvic floor. You're doing a load of other stuff. You can do pelvic floor from as soon as you've given birth. So you can start pelvic floor very gently, okay? Mm -hmm. It's just a little contraction and then release, little contraction and release. And you can do stretches, general stretches for your whole body from day one. And it's good to go to uh, pregnancy Pilates or yoga. Yeah, but again, not that, not until six weeks. Yeah, so postnatal, most teachers will not let you come until... Yeah, and I don't think... Some people will be very motivated and they're desperate to lose their body baby fat. Mm. Okay? They're desperate to lose their baby fat. But I would say be patient. Don't rush it. It takes, in my experience, a good two years, really, to, mm. to get your at body back. At least one. At yeah, least at one. least one. And if you're super fit before, then you're motivated and exercise brings you a lot of it brings a lot to you, then it's fine to exercise. But don't rush it. I mean, you need to get take take six weeks minimum to suss out what the hell is going on. I think you should spend six weeks not worrying about what you look like at all, (laughs) and not worrying about what you're doing. Just enjoying your tiny, tiny baby because you don't get those six weeks back. No, you don't. And just but yeah, get as much support as you can from everyone else. And um, but don't put yourself under pressure to exercise. Yeah. Okay. You can do a few pelvic floor stuff. You can do a few lifts. You can stretch and look after yourself in that respect. But you don't need to return to exercise straight away. I don't think it does you any good. No. So let me ask you this about that early stage when you've got a tiny baby. Yes. I remember the neck pain and the. I remember getting severe headaches on top of my head from breastfeeding. Yeah, and everything. Why from Why from breastfeeding? Because of looking. So sitting, being exhausted. It was in the middle of the night, and looking down at him, using one hand to hold his head, one hand to hold my boob to keep them together. So tension through my shoulders. Yeah, yeah. And then looking down at him. And that just that massive strain through yeah, your neck, yeah. your back, the back of your body, your neck and the spine has been working really hard during the pregnancy because it's holding you upright against a new gravitational force mm. that you've never experienced before. Yeah? And you've got no muscles. Yeah, your centre of gravity. Yeah, is your centre of gravity shifts. So, <laughs> so and you just look down and you're tense and you're tired mm. so you don't normally we recover our bodies would do a lot of recovery during deep sleep and when you're new baby you don't really do deep sleep mm. so you don't get to recover anyway you don't you're not rested at all you've had a massive ordeal you might have had a like 48 hour labor or something as well so and then you have to then go and look after this little creature so it's it's a huge impact and it's this whole tension so and the stress of breastfeeding for some people obviously it's really really hard some people it's very easy and mm. um, whether it's bottle feeding or breastfeeding it doesn't matter you're still holding a baby holding a bottle or your boob or not you're holding, holding a weight that you're not yeah used you're holding, to holding a weight in front of you for a or, or in a way like i thought with uh, with sam my second yeah. that i'd be used to holding a baby because i've been carrying not, a, a two-year-old around yeah. but it's a completely different way of holding yeah, my elbows hurt again and i was yeah. like what's going on why am i in pain again when i was breastfeeding i found it really hard to do the cradle the cradle, cradle hold. hold i found yeah. that really uncomfortable like you say i got really bad pain all the way yeah. through my neck 
neck and my top of my back. And it was, yeah, it was awful. And so I tended to only really enjoy lying down. But you just need to do what suits you. But you've got your posture when you're breastfeeding. Mm. And the, my advice for this is, because breastfeeding takes up, or feeding in general, takes up such a long period of time when you have a new baby. You need to sort yourself out before you start feeding. Okay, so you need to be in a good position before you start feeding. Because once they're attached or latched on or, you're, or they're taking the bottle, you don't want to move them because you're worried mm. that they're going to stop or something. So get yourself comfortable lean back use have a chair or a sofa or bed or whatever where you're leaning back okay then use massive pillow depends on the size of your boobs okay Mm. if you've got smaller boobs then you need more pillows you want the baby at the level of your chest not you don't want to be moving your boob down to their head you want their head at the level of your chest yeah they're the mobile one yeah exactly (laughs) they can move your body if you're moving your chest to them then you're flexing your spine and you will create massive stress and tension at the back so just support yourself if you're in the bed or on the sofa sit sideways on the sofa so you've got like your feet are up but bent or whatever however Mm. you want your legs okay but just supported and then the baby is up at your level and ideally the baby is really laying on pillows you might just be cradling them but you're not taking their weight under your arms yeah the pillow is doing the job at the start you think you're meant to be able to do what you what you see people doing in cafes and stuff right but that comes with strength of your arms strength of your back the ability to breastfeed yeah Use the pillows. If you're yeah. bre- if you're breastfeeding five or six times a day, then that is a lot of periods of time. A yeah? night. <laughs> yeah, a night. So you need to use the props <clears throat> that you've got. You don't have to hold them. My biggest advice to all mums is don't be a martyr. Don't yeah. sacrifice yourself for your child. Don't kill yourself for them because they'll feed whatever. But they're malleable. They're movable. You are not. You've only got one body, okay? Yeah. And you need to protect it as much as you can and put yourself first before you feed them. It's the whole, it's the whole thing about on an aeroplane that you give yourself oxygen before you yeah, give yeah, it to yeah. them because otherwise you can't help them. Yeah, so you need Save to look, yourself first. Yeah, you need to look after yourself. Otherwise, you're in pain and then you'll be grotty and grumpy and everything else. And then yeah, spiral from there. Yeah, I think breastfeeding is a big cause of many problems. No? Yeah, so ongoing. And, yeah, and the breastfeeding and then holding a baby a lot. So you get all. So in that numbed. first stage where you can't exercise, well, yeah. really, you can still stretch. Though, you can can't still you? stretch. So if you do know about yoga and things like that, yeah, you can in that time stretch to yeah. get rid of any of those tensions from breastfeeding. Yeah, you're not trying to get strong, okay? In yeah. the first six weeks, you are not trying to get strong because you shouldn't, because you could hurt yourself, okay? But you can stretch, you can do lots of shoulder shrugs or shoulder mm. circles, okay? Mm. Going backwards, backward circles, We're okay? doing this right now, guys. Because... <laughs> If, because your life is forward is hunched so yeah. you want to do backward circles to counteract that okay yeah okay you can also put your hands in this front is feeling better already <laughs> and i haven't breastfed for months <laughs> put your hands in front of you together clasp your hands in front of you and then spread your shoulder blades apart Ooh, so you get a, like a, a burn at the back oh and that it, is good that's even, like a buggy stretch yeah exactly that's a buggy, buggy stretch or carrying a baby stretch in a sling as well yeah anything yeah. you're stretching it's the area that hurts but it might when is you it, stretch it why do why that why is that so bad there is it just because you because you're always leaning forward everything is in front of you and so it's your opposite it's your counter to everything that's in front of you and the carrying so is carrying the this. baby as well all the weight is in everything you ever can you know carry a baby on your back when they're little yeah mm. you might do later on but you don't at the start so all the tension of your arms all the weight of your arms and which and whatever's in your arms is all centered on your upper back your between your shoulder blades yeah. yeah yeah the other thing is when you're breastfeeding or feeding at the beginning you will do this i'm not going to say no but looking at your baby okay adoring gazing at them yeah, yeah. 
But after a while, just check on them every so often and look up a bit because it's really bad for your neck to just yeah, look down I, all the I time. I think putting a pillow behind your head yeah. is a really, really good... Um, yeah, sound. and use your eyes a bit to look at them rather than your whole head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pillow behind your head so you're yeah. actually resting at the time when they're feeding is, yeah. is a really good idea. Um, so can you do another stretch? Yeah, so, <laughs> so we've got hands in front and spread your shoulder blades apart. Right. And then the opposite of that is put your hands together behind your back at your on your hips mm-hmm. sort of thing and then squeeze your elbows together so Ooh, you stretch out the, the chest yeah? oh yeah and it's also like doing something to my back as well yeah yeah it's stretching your back it's arching your back and squeezing your shoulder blades together and it's stretching the chest at the front as well yeah, yeah that's nice and then follow that with a couple of shoulder sh- shoulder shrugs as well backwards okay. shoulder shrugs yeah like backwards shoulder me. shrugs really good. or things. just up and downs or whatever and you might crack don't worry about it that's the sort of <laughs> upper back area but then we've got neck stretches as well so a good stretch for your neck is just look drop your head down so chin towards your chest put your hand on your head and pull it down and just hold it for five ten seconds and then if that it depends where you have your issue but from there you might then want to move say your pain is on the left side of your neck mm-hmm. if your pain is on the left side of the neck turn your head to the right slightly or ear towards the right shoulder and then go forwards and pull it down and then you'll feel more of a stretch on the left side and then the same on the other way yeah so you could just pull it away oh yeah that's good yeah? that's good stuff that's and good then stuff. finish always again with a nice little quick shoulder shrug nice yeah oh so they're really good already good. and then another really good tip to do if you get lots of pain across your shoulders yeah is to put tennis balls in a pair of socks have them hanging in a pair of socks hold them over your shoulder and lean against a wall so you're massaging yourself oh yeah yeah i've got some of those nice te- um spiky balls, balls. Yeah. yeah so anything like that not a golf ball nothing too hard okay something soft and squidgy ish but mm. with some pressure and lean on it and you can use the sock can guide where it goes you can use one or two or just have a massage yeah, I'll have a massage. <laughs> have a massage is good, but but you need things that you can do yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Own. And maybe if you could a little stretch before and after a breastfeed. Yeah, like two minutes or shoulder or the yeah shrugs shoulder shrugs or whatever. But just because you've been in a sustained posture in a static sometimes posture for a long time. Some yeah, of my exactly. friends feed for like forty-five yeah. minutes. Yeah, my son was a, like a slow feeder, and she was like a, a demon of quick. Yeah, I've had two demons actually. Yeah, so it's been, much more efficient. It's good. Yeah, it's like five-minute feeds. Yeah. And I've just been like done. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah, my son was like almonds on there if he could. Yeah, I th- I've got friends like that. So, so if you if you're doing that and it, it you've got to stop to, to burp or something yeah. in a breastfeed, definitely yeah. have a shrug. Just shut up. Maybe lean of, back a bit, yeah. arch your back. Just just get out of the posture. And but just think, if you're in one posture for a long time, you need to have a little bit of a stretch when you come out of it. Yeah, I you need to reset your body. So that's so that something. Well, um, some it is something to do with the. Equilibrium between the two sides. The balance. Of the, the balance. So carrying the baby, we all are right-handed or left-handed or whatever we are, and we tend to carry the baby in one side, and then so maybe if you're right-handed, you might carry it on the left and do stuff with your right hand. Try and swap sides if you can. When you're if you're just holding the baby and you're not doing anything, just walking around with the baby, try and hold it in the front of you rather than on the sides. So you're getting because we're stronger at the front than we are on our sides. Yeah. But we you want to or on your shoulder. On your shoulder you can, but then you want to swap shoulders as well. Yeah. if you can you want to just balance yourself if you always 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 hold the baby on one hip then you will have to counter that weight with your trunk on the other side and so you'll get this short tightness on one side and this long weakness on the other side and yeah. you create an imbalance in yourself yeah and you're weak as well because you just had a baby 
really so your core is weak so it becomes more reinforced and what about things like baby carriers baby carriers the same thing you want the baby held close to you okay right so tight uh, tight tight yeah? onto you and probably high up Right. As well, yeah, high as high as you can. Yeah, not really low. When some people you see with these super low, where their baby's legs are bashing their hips, and then you would have to waddle to walk. You right. can't get through. You can't get your legs through. So not on your hips, on your waist. Yeah, when on your waist, the and you want the strap as tight as you can around you, so it gives you a bit of support as well. Yeah? Right. Yeah. And you want them just close to you, not not hanging low. They're meant to be so you can kiss their head. Okay. Yeah. That's the guidelines. Yeah. So if you can't kiss their head, then they are too then low. Then they're too low. Yeah. And yeah. Obviously, it depends on the shape of your body and, and the shape of them and everything else. With right. the buggy, you want the, the handles high, as mm-hmm. high as you can. So you're basically standing, not So leaning. you're standing upright, yeah. if you can. You want your arms slightly bent, but mm-hmm. in a fixed position, in a brace, yeah? So right. like you're creating space, a very dirty dancing style. This is my space, this yeah. is your space, right? Yeah? And then uh, you push the buggy from your bum, not with your shoulders, okay? So when you're pushing, unless you're going uphill, okay, you should be almost you're just walking and the buggy's in front of you and it's just moving because you're a brace and you're making it go forwards does that make sense kind of it's definitely not how i do it but it kind of makes sense so what most people do is their shoulders and their arms come forwards 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 and so their collarbones get little dips in them where you could gather rainwater yeah 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 if you see your collarbones getting dips in them then you are using your pecs your pec, the chest muscles, to generate your power, where you should be directing and driving the buggy from your bum. Okay. Yeah? Okay. Okay? Uh-huh. So if you're slouching and rounding, if it's very heavy, you will do that to go uphill. And if you use a buggy board, buggy boards are a bit of a nightmare. Oh, I see. I've got a buggy board yeah. and it's off to one side. Yeah. It's the bugaboo so one. Twist. So I walk off to one side and sometimes I actually get like a sore hip. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Because I'm, I'm sort of twisted. Can you swap it side occasionally? I think you can. Yeah, I must have If you have could do like Every month, swap sides or something. Buggy boards are a nightmare because you have to be further away, so therefore you're always using your shoulders. Mm. And it's hard on your back. It's hard on everything. It's harder to engage your bum when you're in a flexed position. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I can physically feel my... Buggy boards are massively practical. I get it. I understand them completely. But they're causing issues, are they? Do you see people coming in with issues? Yeah, because you have to do a weird walk. You have to do a weird waddling walk. Your feet might be turned out to the side because you're going around the edges of it and stuff. It depends. Yeah, it's either bent over. Yeah. or walking out to the side yeah. and it's so. so weird and I notice physically a difference in how I walk when I when it's clipped up to when yeah. it's down yeah exactly when it's clipped up you can get close to the buggy which is by far the safest way of what you want to be close to the buggy and then so your arms are bent and all you're doing is using your body to push it not yeah, your yeah. arms yeah? Mm-hmm. it shouldn't be pushed with your arms okay um, so when you're doing your feeding you could do some bum clenches just to get your bum firing okay just sitting there bobbing and up and down well. and you can do some yeah some pelvic floor just read a book as well though just enjoy the breastfeeding and just relax yeah so don't don't think you have to do stuff all the time you don't it's little and often is the key it's much better to do stuff after every three just do like three shoulder shrugs or something Mm -hmm. it's better small and often will be much better than once a day of stretching because you're feeding five times a day at least yeah exactly yeah okay do we have any other common errors the other big thing postnatal is the diastasis rectus oh right okay Okay. so so diastasis rectus is a separation of your 
your abdominal wall. So it's your two, we have a rectus abdominis, it's a six pack muscle. We have two of them, one on each side. And between them, they're held together by the linear alba, which is the bit where you get the hairy dark line when you're pregnant, yeah? So yeah. some people do. Um, so that separates as you get pregnant, as the more, as the bigger you get, okay? And that's normal that it separates. And then, but that should close back together within six weeks of giving birth. So that is one of the reasons you have to go for your checkup with the doctor at six weeks is to see whether mm-hmm. you've got a diastasis or not. And if you have, then it impacts on things because you can't then do planks and you can't do sit-ups and you can't do core, as much core work because the more you contract, it actually pulls it further apart. So the way you can test to see if you have one or not, laying on your back with your knees bent, so mm-hmm. feet on the floor, knees bent, put three fingers... Hang on a minute, I'm going to do it. Okay. So lay on your back, knees bent, just relaxing, okay? Put one of your hands above your belly button, straight up. So three fingers going vertically up from the belly button, okay? And then the other hand, three fingers vertically down from the belly button. So you are just doing a line either side of your belly button. Feel the the space. Then lift your head up. Wait, feel the space where? Feel the space. Just feel where your hands are, okay? Horizontally or? Vertically. Okay, you're you're just going vertically. Okay, but you're you're feeling the horizontal space. Okay. Okay. Then all you're going to do is, I'll do it in a second, is going to lift your head up and see whether you can feel the edges of your muscle coming together or whether you can just still feel a massive gap and you can feel the edges. If you move your hands horizontally, you can feel the gap. So lift your head up, okay, and see whether you feel a big gap or not or whether it's okay, okay? And you can feel if... um, You can feel the two sides. Yeah, you can feel the sides and you will do, okay? Um, There is a gap. Yeah. But if it's only like, if it's less than two centimetres, that's considered normal if it's like a three finger gap that would be a clinical gap so then you'd go and see a doctor okay right on your appointment with your doctor after six weeks will they flag it up if it's an issue in theory yes what you might notice is that if your stomach looks like it's got crepe paper after pregnancy you might have a diastasis rectus because it means the skin is sitting on top of sort of nothing because your abdomen is being pulled to the sides so if you if you bundle your stomach together and it looks like crepe paper mm-hmm. you may well have a diastasis rectus because there's no muscle there's underneath. no muscle underneath so the skin is detached from the mu- the two muscles the sides of the muscles are pulled apart and the skin is just sort of sitting on top okay right okay um, so that's a good telltale sign yeah it's a very good tell- it's very obvious it's a very clear so thing. what do you do if you've got if so you've got if that? you've got it you can do some pelvic floor exercises one of the things you can do that you can do at any point post-pregnancy is imagine when you're so either being on all fours probably is the first way to start letting your belly hang so being on all fours keeping your spine straight letting your belly drop hang out mm-hmm. to its maximum okay yeah and then gently breathe out and peel your belly button towards your spine so you're lifting it up so you're sucking your tummy you're right sucking in. your tummy right back okay and then let it lower but let it lower in a controlled way not in a blop okay yeah? so it's like that sort of exercise yeah so that exercise where you're actually just peeling everything together and then letting it drop because that won't pull it apart because it's a pure rectus abdominis exercise rather than a core yeah, one. Yeah? Okay, okay. And once you can do it in on all fours, you can do it standing up. So it's another one you could do at traffic lights or waiting for in the cafe or something. But Mammy Fit, that's what they do. They the whole it. class is about doing that in various different positions. So okay, you start fine. really slowly. So it's about sucking your belly in. And, and it's yeah. like when you were a kid yeah. and you used to suck yeah, your tummy in. Doing it without your spine moving, which is what most people will do if they don't 
if they can't work out what they're doing, they will just go like that. Yeah, yeah. flex. Yeah, like and then it, back. yeah, then it's like your spine is not moving at all. It feels like you're putting your organs back in place yeah. as well. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like like yeah. everything's low down, and all of a sudden you're pushing it back up. Yeah. and the muscular difference afterwards, a yeah. feeling you get, you know, it's yeah. achy yeah, in your yeah, tummy exactly. in the right places, well, in the places been, you want it to be. It's achy. been very long, and it needs to shorten. Mm. Yeah, but without shortening and making our posture worse. Yeah, that's yeah. the trouble. Yeah, yeah so, that's, so that's a really good exercise to do just when you're out and about because mm. it's very easy well maybe not but it's, it, it's I think to get it right exercise. the first time is, yeah, it, it's, it's quite good to have someone to show, show you, you. Yeah. like have a class You can. Yeah. I think Pilates do it sometimes Pilates as do well, some stuff yeah. like that yeah I used to do it in my class that one Yeah. just on all fours because it's the most simple way of doing it Yeah. Um, and then it's very clear whether someone's spine is moving because you can put their hand, your hand on their spine and see if it's yeah. That's what that's not. what happens. That's what they do in the mummy fit as yeah. well. It's really good. I really yeah. recommend it. In fact, I need to do it again <laughs> this time yeah. round. Have you seen any really bad self neglect where you've gone? How have you not sorted this out? For me, I people don't talk about it with me particularly. I would just have like in England, I used to have fifty-five-year-old women who would say, "I've just had a um, I've had a prolapse and I've had a mesh implanted, a, a prolapse repair," and they would be so you know thirty years after they've had their kids, they're suddenly having some surgery for it, and it will be linked to them having had kids, but they've never really discussed it until twenty years, twenty-five years later. Oh, get making me do my giggles. <laughs> Well, you get that, but you also get um, people where they come in and their baby might be two or three and they've got aches and pains everywhere because they never addressed any of it. And it could be because they haven't got support of their partner or various reasons, but they just... The, if you don't address things, then other things compensate to help them and then other things compensate and you get more and more injuries. And then it becomes very difficult to treat because you don't know what the source is because mm. there's so many areas and they're so weak and so stressed and anxious about it as well because every time when you're in pain it obviously is an emotional thing as well it makes you feel worse Mm. about yourself and so it becomes a whole overwhelming thing so yeah you see that quite often yeah people just don't look after themselves or they don't feel able to there's a lot of pressure on mums to give your entire self up to a kid and it's very nice when you first have a baby it's i found it quite liberating to be completely selfless and be like if you need me i'm there like 100 percent. and it was lovely but you realize you do become a a master yeah you you really do like you're like oh even my husband is just like seriously why didn't you take your medicine you know when I get ill yeah I'm like oh I just forgot you know it's not it's not the top of my priority list Mm -hmm. it's just not but it needs to be and it has to be and you have to actually be like you can't be a good mummy yeah if you're in pain yeah and you can just you can't just suffer through it no but I say all this right I say all this but I'm totally in pain every morning right so I have this plantar fasciitis whatever plantar fasciitis that's that and I wake up with really sore heels yeah. every day and it's now affected my hip yeah. and I also sit in a particular way because of this because of the hip hip yeah. and I work on an angle twisted leaning on a sofa okay that's really bad for you yes that's <laughs> very bad I can tell that's bad because now I'm waking up and one whole side of my body is painful yeah. and, and I know the plantar fasciitis is from my flip flops from yeah, the so summer plantar fasciitis is inflammation of the plantar fascia which is the sole of 
your foot, the connective tissue on the sole of your foot, Mm -hmm. okay? And it can get really inflamed. And classic signs is when you first get out of bed, the first few steps are really painful, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's a plantar fascia. And it can be from flip-flop walking. Mm -hmm. Also, when we have kids, our pelvic floor goes bad, okay? And that has a big connection to your medial arch, which is why your feet get a bit wider sometimes when you've had a kid. Right. Because everything just collapses. So the Mm -hmm. whole inside leg collapses a little bit. Okay? So um, working on your pelvic floor might help a little bit, okay? But what you can do for plantar fasciitis is roll your foot on a tennis ball before you go to bed throughout the day for a minute or two. Mm -hmm. Or you can, if it gets really sore, you can put a bottle of water in the freezer, Mm -hmm. a a textured bottle of water, small bottle, Mm -hmm. okay, and roll on that so it's ice. You're rolling on ice and it's texture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you're getting the icing effect as well as the rolling effect. But you also need to stretch your calf and your hamstring and your back a bit because it's the the foot is just the end of that line yeah so the problem can be all the way up yeah it affects the whole kinetic chain going up well, it definitely feels like it now because of where i'm sitting and everything yeah. oh but it's not it's it, it's not recent you know i'm just sitting with this problem like and i just yeah. get up and i get through it because it's gone after an hour yeah. or, yeah, or yeah, half exactly. an hour because it's, it's not gone. so bad so you can cope yeah, with it yeah but it's, then it's it still gone. has a big effect and then i you. wake up again the next morning and i'm like oh god i can't walk during the night when we sleep our feet naturally fall into a slightly pointed position mm. and so the plantar fascia is on a shortened position and then when you suddenly stretch it again you really feel it yeah you okay. can get it from wearing high heels a lot yeah if you wear you? Low, if you always wear heels um, not always not everybody gets it but yeah if you wear it or if you have funny shoes or anything's changed then you can get it okay yeah. thank you <laughs> i will try those fixes thank you very much for all of that advice i would like to move on to real mum questions yeah. the first one is that a mum is uncomfortable sleeping on any side except her left she feels twisted if she sleeps on the other side or on her back or or anything she just feels a bit twisted and um she has to cuddle a pillow to be comfortable okay so it's very difficult to answer that because i don't know where she's uncomfortable if it's in her hips in her lumbar spine in her neck where the problem is Mm -hmm. but she obviously has some sort of problem with her rotation yeah as in she's feeling twisted so she needs to because it's not normal to only be able to sleep on one side right you should be able to sleep on both sides so she either needs to do some stretches some rotational stretches see if that helps but uh, i need more information in order to give proper advice we all everyone has muscle imbalances okay we all have a side of the sofa we prefer that's or why a way that they cross their yeah legs exactly they put their feet up on one side females especially do that we're much more mobile in our pelvises than men yeah mm-hmm. women always sit with one leg on one side or crossed over or whatever okay good the next person's issue is hip pain yep uh in the front right where you feel the joint okay mm-hmm. it could be pubic symphysis dysfunction which is a thing that you can get from pregnancy where at the very front on your pubic bone there's a disc and that can separate okay or if it's it's more groin groin um it can be a tightness through the muscles on the back in the bum that are gripping and making the pelvis the hip bone grip closer together okay. lots of different things um if it's related to standing i would do swaying swaying is a, when you're holding a baby swaying is very good so gentle swaying you sometimes do it naturally so, anyway yeah you do you? it to rock them to sleep anyway but if you're standing still with a baby they get really heavy really quick and then you start to buckle you start to lean backwards your hips go forwards and then you're compressing oh, so many of my friends walking backwards walking whilst leaning backwards whilst leaning backwards yeah and it's to counter (laughs) the weight 
But if you can just sway, you're on one leg, then you're on the other leg, it's much easier to vary your positions and mm. keep yourself in a moving position rather than compressing through your spine and compressing mm-hmm. through your hips and getting stuck. If you hang off one hip, which women do a lot, where one leg will be completely straight and the other knee will be bent, you mm. know? We are just hanging off your ligaments and your bones. You're not using your muscles at all. You're just hanging off your pelvis. And as she might be doing that, it will be causing a, a compression at the front of her hips. So, so what would you do to, to help So that? swaying, not hanging off one hip, keeping moving. Um, she needs to be assessed to see whether there's a weakness in her glutes or what's weak, what's what's not working right, that's okay. causing that to happen. But, so. but to look at your behaviours. I think this is yeah. the one thing since talking to you the first time. I've started to look yeah. at my behaviour is in a different way like yeah. I'm not balanced I yeah. definitely have this yeah this is all this discovery about my yeah. one so sided if, if, if you have pain if you have pain you think okay when does my pain just think about it logically when does my pain hurt like when does it come about is it when I do a certain movement or is it after is it a build up pain or is it after breastfeeding or is it what's what activity is it related to that's why it was so weird about my heel because it was such, such a weird time past up plantar fasciitis it's so weird to have that pain first thing in the morning in your heel yeah. is such a strange experience because you don't understand what it's about. Yeah, but it's a classic plantar fasciitis symptom. Yeah, that first yeah. thing in the morning yeah, yeah. pain. Yeah. But but if you have pain, for example, when you sleep, it yeah. can be from anything through the day. No. Yeah, it's completely. It's more normally is related to what you've got in what you've done in the daytime, the previous yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the next one is lower back pain. Yeah. Which I mean, I, which I think a, a lot of people have. Yeah. I remember having yeah. myself whenever I lay flat I sort of used to get stuck yeah flat and yeah. I'd have to roll out of it roll out. I remember so, that so I mean back pain is the most common pain people have anyway regardless of having kids yeah? yeah and then if you imagine the, your back is opposite your abs yeah? yeah and your abs are on a massive stretch so it bears the brunt of our massive belly that when you're pregnant so it's countering that so it gets short and tight while you're pregnant and then it still has to work when you have a kid because you're all everything you're carrying is in front on top of rubbish abs yeah so your back is working all the time and then you sit a lot more when you've had a baby because you're feeding and then you don't look after yourself as well so it's all these things give us back pain gentle pelvic tilts is very good so laying on your back or sitting or standing up if you're laying on your back with your feet on the floor okay you just imagine you have a bucket of water on your tummy and you're trying to tip the water through your legs or tip the water towards your face okay so you are just rocking on your sacrum on that triangle okay yeah tipping it backwards and forwards in sitting you're sitting on your seat bones and you're tipping for imagine your whole pelvis is a bucket of water and you're tipping water at the back tipping water at the front right so okay. little pelvic tilts is a really good way of getting your lumbar spine moving to help Lower everything to move pain. to help it which is when you're getting stuck it's because yeah. it's, your muscles are cramping here yeah? yeah so that one um dropping your knees from side to side laying on your back is a very good rotation like knee rolls okay mm-hmm. that's be for good. the lower back as well for the yeah, lower back okay. just to get it moving again mm-hmm. um um, pulling one knee up towards your opposite shoulder is a nice stretch, like a oblique stretch for your back. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can really help. But it also, you need to get stronger in the front because the, the back is bearing the brunt of You need to get your core strong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. The biggest reason for disc prolapses would be uh, leaning over something and carrying a weight in your hands with a twist. You mean like in your back disc? Yeah. Lum- if you like a lumbar disc prolapse, if you're, you're disc bulge or whatever you want to call it. Is, happens often when we're leaning over something and yeah. with a weight in to our pick hands. Up something, yeah, yeah, and it'll be with, with a twist is the worst bit. Okay. Yeah? So which is sort of picking up kids basically. 
basically. Picking up kids, yeah. <laughs> over something, over like over the other side of a chair. Over a toy, yeah, over, over a sofa. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or, or carrying them in a buggy, dropping, like lifting a buggy up and putting them down over there. Like things like that. Yeah. Anything where you've got a long lever and a weight at the end of it is bad for you. Okay, okay. Good to know. Another one is a mother's had a C-section and has heard that there are massages that can reduce the mummy tummy that's caused yep. by scar tissue. Yeah. Are there anything she can do at home that can yeah that can so help? The, the scarring on a c-section can be completely fine it can be completely problematic yeah right it's you don't want to ever stretch your scar okay mm-hmm. you don't want it to widen because then it becomes it's called a hypertrophic scar where it becomes much wider and the skin is very papery over it very thin okay right. so um at the beginning you need to leave it alone because it needs to heal but as soon as it's healed you can start gently massaging around it okay you need to own your scar you need to not be scared of it some people hate it. if their birth was traumatic and they didn't want the c-section and they ended up with one or something happened then they might hate their scar never look at it never touch it and then it becomes a real thing where it becomes hypersensitive it can cause massive pain issues because it's got a big emotional feedback thing attached to it so if you have a c-section touch it okay every day you don't have to poke it but flat-handed sort of to stroke it or whatever own it don't be scared of touching it get your partner to touch it so it feels normal don't let it be a, a thing where it's a you hate it you never look at it you avoid it because you need it because that will cause lots of dysfunctions through your whole body so you need to own it you can pinch and lift it okay so put fingers on either side of it squeeze them together and lift it right okay so pinching and lifting and you can rub the ends because the ends is where it gets tightest because that's where they will double stitch it okay? Right, okay and then one side was the start of the incision anyway and the other side was the end of the incision so it depends whether the surgeon's right-handed or left-handed as well as to how your scar is but it can tether and stick down at those ends so really gently you can just push it into a direction if it feels stuck going into one direction you can push it into that direction you don't force it and it shouldn't cause you loads of pain but you can just gently try and make it move with and it's the same without any, stretching it without pulling it apart yeah, right, you can okay. stretch it across so you can push it from one side towards the other it's fine but you don't want to take both sides and pull it apart you don't want it to be stretched you just want it to not stick to the things below it okay, okay? and then you can do general abdominal massage and if you're doing for the whole area just to get the if there's any sort of bloating or whatever and if you're going to do general abdominal massage you'd always do it in a clockwise way okay yeah so mm-hmm. clockwise facing your stomach so from your right leg up as if you were looking at your stomach yeah exactly it's clockwise so from the right side up across to the left and then down Mm because that's the way your intestines go yeah so the feces comes out on the left yeah so you need to you and you don't want to do anything that would interrupt the flow of your digestive system yeah okay okay and so you can do the whole stomach which would include the scar and you can also pinch it up and pinch it up and and you can do this z thing where you put your fingers or your thumbs either side of the scar and one goes forwards one goes backwards like a zip yeah like a zip so you're just jigging on each side but you're not really stretching it you're not pulling it apart you're just making all the skin move yeah. Right, okay. But you need to not do it for the, at least six weeks till it's healed. And you would just be super careful doing it on yourself. I would go and see someone about it, really. Someone else has said that they have slight pain in, in their ankles, noticing it more when they wake up or been sitting down for a long time. Okay, so if they've been sitting for a long time and they feel it when they get up, that is suggestive of some sort of inflammation. It's inflammation is just... Well, it could be... If she is... If her pelvic floor and everything is not as good as it was, then she'll be collapsing a bit when she walks 
walks, okay? Um, oh, you mean depends. so your gait? You yeah, know, your when gait you walk, pattern so changes. Which side of your foot? So you she walk might be rolled because you lose your medial arch a bit when you've mm-hmm. got a, if your pelvic floor is affected. So it depends if she's pregnant or whether she's just had a baby or whenever this pain is. Yeah. Um, but if she's rolling her ankles more when she walks, they'll just get irritated because they're moving more than they used to move. Right. And so therefore, when she, and if they've got any inflammation in there, any irritation when she sits for any length of time, the inflammation is liquid and it gets viscous. And so then when you suddenly move, it, it has to right. lubricate. So you need to You what? need to keep moving. So when you're sitting, you need to do some ankle circles and tapping and things like that. You need to try and work out why it's happening. Because otherwise well. the inflammation won't go away, even yep. if you keep moving. Exactly. So you want to do some core stuff. You might do some balance work on one leg to keep the muscles stronger. And what about stronger. shoes? Shoes, you want to wear... It depends. There's lots of theories. So there's the whole barefoot theory and then there's the whole insoles theory. And I'm not quite sure which way I veer. I veer more towards barefoot, but in the interim, you just need to sort out your pain. So not cushioned? Well, no, cushioning is all right. And if you just need actually to put your arch in the right place, then um, that would be fine. And then you should wear some supportive shoes. Yeah? Like a trainer. Yeah, like a trainer with an arch or something. But in the ideal world, you would use exercise to get that stronger and hold your arch up. Yeah? But in the interim normal world you need to actually just stop pain okay the last mum question is diaphragm pain right under my ribs on the right side never went away after my first pregnancy two years ago it got worse in my second pregnancy this year and now after giving birth a second time it's still present especially when i sit for longer time okay so she might have a very it might be very fixing in her diaphragm very overactive her ribs might have got all fixed as well because your intercostal muscles are, your ribs remember, attached to your I diaphragm I remember a pain there yeah I a had really bad pain, pain from when I was pregnant on the top and I used of my to think diaphragm. it was my rib yeah. you know and it can be rib it can be diaphragm mm. um so it um I would try and rub underneath the area. I release the diaphragm quite often. I do quite a lot of work with the diaphragm. By rubbing under your ribs? Rubbing under the ribs, like on the bone. So, um, and it can be really uncomfortable. Uh, That is really uncomfortable. Sorry, we're both just sitting here playing with our ribs. Um, (laughs) But breathing, and it's definitely, she should definitely get it sorted out. Right, so see see someone. someone. Right, okay. Okay, it might be, she might need a chest x-ray just to make sure it's nothing lung related. Or rib. Yeah, exactly, rib. Unrelated, mm. um, and then if it's not, then it might just be a, like one session of just releasing it and getting it, um, giving her exercise. This is the do. sort of thing like she's been having this problem for two years, for two since pregnancies. her first, two yeah, two pregnancies since yeah. her first baby. Now it's still present, and I imagine she's not seen anyone about it. Yeah, and so it's just what we do to yeah, ourselves. Yeah, it's, it's very. It? I mean, that's completely normal. Yeah, it's not what we should do, but it's completely the normal. And, and what if response. that sort of pain is existing after two pregnancies? If you didn't do anything, if you don't it's not do just going to go away. Just, no, because time has not healed yeah. it. Yeah. Sometimes time heals. And, and another pregnancy, you yeah. think, would would Yeah, exactly. So if, if time hasn't sorted it out, then... It doesn't mean you're, you've got it forever. So if you've never had treatment, try a treatment. And it may be one session helps. It may need more because it's a long-standing thing. So the longer you've had something, the harder it is to resolve it. Yeah. But I've had people who've had like shoulder pain for years and years and years. And then you just do one treatment and it's like, oh, it's fine. Wow, and it's, really? It that must always, be amazing for you. Yeah, and it doesn't always happen. But you're not a miracle fixer. <laughs> no, not a magician. But once, if you put the right things in place and you change stuff, then it's like, okay, the body responds because it wants 
to be without the pain. Yeah. So the body, if you give the body the right answers, it generally responds quite quickly. Okay, good. Okay, that's good to know. Brilliant. Thank you very much. That's the mum questions. Mm-hmm. Now I just have a couple of questions to finish the interview. Yeah. First one is... If there's one piece of advice that you would give to a new mother in Barcelona, what would it be? Find a group of friends to oh. hang out with. Just find a tribe and people who will support you primarily. But, um, and don't be a martyr. Yeah, so, don't be a martyr. so look from after a physio yourself. perspective. Yeah, is look after yourself. And get your when you're breastfeeding is look after your position when you're breastfeeding. General feeding care. Yeah. Bottle or breast. Yeah? Yeah. Great, good, good advice. And what do you want to say to mothers who are in pain every day? Um, seek help, whether it's from a doctor, a physio, or going doing exercise or something. But try not to seek, wait a little while, see if it gets better. If it's not in two months, if it's not changing, or a month, if it's not changing, or if it's getting worse, seek help. Yeah, yeah. And don't be a martyr. It's yeah, not, don't be a martyr. Look don't, after yourself. Don't yeah. just forget. Don't just about accept it. it. It's yeah. that, it's not you can't there is mothers who don't have any pain yeah (laughs) they do exist yeah and so I think one of the things you said to me was that you know we we don't have to keep going and keep struggling and things and you don't have to wait until your kid is two years old to fix things when they finally go to nursery and it's much easier to fix things quicker it'll be much cheaper for you (laughs) to fix things quicker than it will cheaper for time and cheaper cost effective in terms of everything yeah in terms of your life your pain how much you're paying someone to fix it for you or whatever yeah. if you can do stuff quicker and nip things in the bud um, rather than waiting until it's really chronic and then it affects other things and then it goes up the chain of the body and if someone did want to have some treatment yeah um, they can just contact you by email or, they can or at the well me at the well clinic or Barcelona physio and then you just have hourly sessions, sessions yeah okay cool yeah. thank you so much Lucy and they I can have bring learned their a baby lot if they need to so. oh they can they can bring their they baby can bring to their the baby station. yeah okay great thank you so much it's been wonderful My and um, I just hope that all the mummies take from this and go and look yeah, after themselves yeah just look after yourselves okay brilliant thanks very much Lucy thank you that was the interview thank you so much for listening I hope you enjoyed it and if you did you can subscribe on iTunes or follow on Spotify all the links can be found on omotherbarcelona.com follow us and get involved on Instagram and Facebook at omotherbarcelona And again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day.